Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. This month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Double Disco Southeast PA style double IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Pater IPA, is still available right now in Funk's tap rooms, but it won't be around much longer. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit Funk Brewing com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products must be 21 years or older to purchase please drink responsibly also bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.believe.com. EAV.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 Penn State football season. It is Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football has marked the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. It is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, can you believe we're down to the last game of the regular season? Cannot believe it. It's just, you know, it's incredible how fast the season goes by. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, yeah. It, and for some reason, it amazes me every year. <laughs> every year, you know, that this Penn State Michigan State game is here already. You know, Michigan Ohio State kickoff at noon. Um, you know, obviously that's a you know <laughs> a big game with college football playoff. You know, hopes for both teams there on the line. But uh, but yeah, week twelve already. You know, but I think the the most important thing you want to look at if you're Penn State, Tom, is having the right mindset and finishing strong. Right, not looking ahead, not not thinking about oh we're nine and two, we got beat by Ohio State, we got beat by Michigan. Forget it all. Focus on Michigan State because as you know, Tom throw records out the window nine and two five and six this is always a difficult game for penn state yeah if anything uh the the record between the two schools i believe michigan state holds the all-time lead by a smidge it's 18 17 and one in the favor of the spartans so any indication of just how much of a coin flip this series has been 
Uh, you can't take anybody too lightly. So before we really dive into what's going on with Michigan State, uh, we do want to reflect back a little bit on some of the news of the week. Uh, want to once again send a big shout out to Justin King for hopping on the recap episode after the Rutgers game. I loved getting the offensive and defensive perspective. Uh, so now kind of processing James Franklin's press conference. I- I'm very interested to uh, to hear your thoughts on this. Let's talk about the biggest piece of news. Uh, Parker Washington is done for the remainder of the season, an undisclosed injury from James Franklin. Uh, the loss of Parker Washington, what's your reaction? Uh, well, I think it brings up a lot of questions, right? Is this it for him at Penn State? Yes. Right questions and, and you know that that we have answers that we probably won't get until Parker Washington is ready ready to talk about those. Um, but certainly it, it's it's big, Tom, because well now you're moving forward with Tinsley, Keandre Lambert Smith certainly needs to step up now moving forward here in week in week twelve bowl practice bowl game. Could Harrison Wallace the third could he get more playing time? Liam Clifford, Omari Evans, right? They've relied on those tight ends so much now, so you're asking them to to do even more. Now, now moving forward, I think with Parker Washington being out, I think it makes it makes game planning for you offensively uh, from a defensive coordinator's perspective. I think maybe a little bit easier, Tom. And and it's not is it's one of those things for me where I look at it, it's like if I just I roll coverage, I do everything I can to take to take Tinsley out of the game. You know, we like our matchups. We, we, I, I don't think you should get beat solely by tight ends in a football game, Tom. And yeah. Again, if you're a good defense here, and I know Michigan State has had their struggles defensively. We'll get into that as as the show goes on here. But whoever you get in that bowl game, man, I mean, it's you know you're, you're going to get a good football team at, at a ten and two record, right? We talked about it possibly being Alabama. Um, but what you're looking for now is who that next guy is going to be moving forward. Even if Washington comes back, who's that guy to replace Tinsley? Is it Wallace, Clifford, Evans? Is it, who, who can it possibly be? Keandre Lambert-Smith, can he continue to get better? Um, so, so yeah, I, I think Parker Washington being out is, is a big thing. Um, certainly changes game planning as well. You shouldn't need Parker Washington to beat Michigan State, but you will feel his absence. I think if anything, what we've seen this year, Matt, is that you know I'm very encouraged by the maturation of Harrison Wallace, Trey Wallace, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, Mitchell Tinsley, as you mentioned, has been outstanding, and not a lot of people had big expectations from him coming from Western Kentucky. I know I did personally, but a lot of people were like, oh, Western Kentucky, what's he really going to be? And he's been steady. He has mm-hmm. been a solid presence at wide receiver. Uh, we'll see what you know his future ultimately winds up being. And at the same time, you know, I look at the rest of the depth chart with the wide receivers. You know, I'm disappointed in Keandre Lambert-Smith. You and I talked about it through most of the offseason of this is the number two or number three wide receiver job for him to lose. And this was before the Tinsley transfer. Then he gets bumped down to number three. And then the aforementioned tight ends, you know, strange Warren and Johnson have warranted a lot of attention in the passing game. They've they're they're athletic freaks. We talk about it all the time. So you want to get them the ball. Mm -hmm. So I, I really hope this is a wake up call for Keandre Lambert Smith to get it in gear. Uh, Malik mega virtually an afterthought special teams guy. I am encouraged by the future prospects of Evans, Saunders, and Ivy, however. I think those guys can be good. Dinkins got some time uh, against Rutgers. He's gotten some time earlier on in the season. I know he's slotted as a more of a tight end type, but he can do a little bit of both. So th- there's some pr- 
there's some promise there, but especially Keandre Lambert Smith, what do you think looking at him specifically? What does he have to do to, to make that leap you and I have been talking about for the life of this podcast? Yeah, it's tough. I, I just uh, you're not sure if it's a if it's a confidence thing. Um does he does he understand what Yursich wants out of him week to week? You know what I mean? I I think the ability as a wide receiver to understand what you're seeing defensively, process that information, then just go. Right. Some of the best wide receivers, Tom, they just go. They don't think. And I think on top of that, it's up to Mike Yersich to say, listen, this kid is talented. He's made some big plays for us throughout the year. Has he been as consistent as as we would have liked? No, he hasn't. But how do I find a way to make sure that he's contributing week in and week out? I, I mean, it's you know, you look at a lot of wide receivers, guys in college or guy, even guys in the NFL, right? I mean, it's your job as a coordinator to play to their strengths. So, like, let's get him on deep crossing routes if that's one of his better routes. Let's get him on go routes. Let's just let's let's shrink down his package and let's just call more of it. Right. I mean, that's right. It's it's all about building around what your players do well. So if that's if a deep crossing route or a deep in route or a go route or a shallow or whatever it may be is is one of his better routes, Tom, then that's what you start with when building a play. Right. Put his route in first and then you build the concept off of that. You have to build around the strengths. And that's a way to get to to an to instill confidence in your players is that, listen, we're investing in you because we think you can be a special player. We're not writing you off because you know you just can't do what I want you to do. So I think I, I would like to see more of that um, moving forward. And you know, one of the again, like bowl practice is massive. I mean, it's crucial to get to a bowl game and to have those couple of weeks of practice throughout the month of December. Like you look at like, like a team like Indiana, who's now starting a guy like Dexter Williams at quarterback, Tom, who hasn't played a ton of football this year, but the past couple of weeks has played a little bit here. They don't, they're not getting to a bowl game. So now you don't know moving forward if he's going to be your quarterback in 2023 or not. Do you have to go to the portal to get a quarterback or or is he your guy move? You don't know. You don't have those answers because you don't have you don't have bowl practices to figure that out. But again, Penn State, nine, nine win season, 10 win season, whatever it ends up being, has that luxury to get as many answers as they possibly can get right now. And I think that wide receiver spot should be number one on the list. And ironically, that Indiana team you just mentioned just beat Michigan State. Yes. Many Spartans fans are calling the most heartbreaking loss they can remember. Mm. I was like, oh, my God. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Also, I don't want to forget about Liam Clifford. He's shown some real promise in his opportunities on the field. I know Mm -hmm. there are Penn State fans who don't want to hear the name Clifford ever again, but I'm like, Liam has some potential. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the receiving core. Um, in terms of injuries, uh, one thing that was positive is that offensive tackle Olu Fashanu and then defensive back Joey Porter Jr. were described by James Franklin as, quote, uh, that we expect them back when that is. Hopefully that's this weekend. I'd be stunned. Joey Porter Jr. played with what? three weeks of dealing with appendicitis like you and I talked about it on the preview show for uh, the game against Rutgers that'd be a pretty quick turnaround especially for a guy who's got NFL aspirations I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he was just I'm done playing the rest of the season I don't think I would even remotely hold it against him but those would be two big getbacks in Fashanu and Porter yeah I just think that's something that that he says you know how he handles the media and how he tries to send a message out that way like doing everything they can to 
have the weak play into their favor, right? Not giving this team anything, not giving that team anything. I, I don't think you're going to see Joey Porter on Saturday. I don't think you'll see him in the bowl game either, Tom. Um, I really don't. And it is what it is. You know, he's had a fantastic career, but a, a few weeks removed from, from, you know, an emergency appendectomy, right? I just don't, you know, there's no need for him to rush back, especially when, you know, guys like Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, you know, Keaton Ellis, those guys are really have elevated their game like the past week or so, um, you know, with, with him being out. So, and then, you know, Olu, we'll see, they can, you know, he can, you know, certainly help them. Um, but, uh, but I, I think it's one of those things too, Tom, where, you know, this Michigan state team has struggled defensively in the pass game and the run game really. So do you need him or not? You know, I, I'd rather see him get healthy and then, you know, make a strong push for the bowl game. Yeah. That Michigan state secondary is rough mm-hmm. to watch. Um, in regards to uh, some final comments from James Franklin, I really wanted to, to see what you thought about this one topic that came up was the perseverance of Sean Clifford. And again, I know there are a lot of people who watch this that are sick and tired of hearing about Sean Clifford. This is senior day this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern on FS1. So hopefully fans in attendance at Beaver Stadium are going to show him and the remainder of the senior class a lot of respect. Um, Reporter Ben Jones asked a very interesting question, and he said, quote, Quarterbacks and coaches share an appreciation for the emotion that people love you as much as you win. Hackenberg sort of gets a pass historically because he showed up when things were weird and he did a lot of things that Penn State needed. Trace won too much for anybody to not like him. And Sean's been through everything. And maybe you don't get everything done that you wanted to over that span, but there's a kinship in the thought of half these people love me, half these people hate me that maybe only you, referring to James Franklin, can share that feeling with him in a way that your other quarterbacks may not share with you. I thought that was so eloquently put because all those quarterbacks, and then yourself included, completely understand the ebbs and flows of perception. And I would say that what happened in 2011 was far more difficult than dealing with the pandemic. But at the same time, you look at what Sean Clifford and everybody had to go through. Uh, extraordinarily challenging on the field, difficult off the field. You know what it's like to have the love of the fans, the hate of the fans. You know, there's a (laughs) lot of different things that come with that. Um, When you think about the perseverance of Sean Clifford, what comes to mind? You know, I think, uh, you know, it definitely says something about who he is as a person, you know, um, what, what the kid is made up of when, you know, week after week, he just continues to run out of that tunnel. Right. And, and rally, rally his team. You know, you see the type of leader he is, how committed he is to the program, how committed he is to being the guy, you know, week in and week in, uh, year in and year out. Um, like you see when, when he throws a touchdown pass, how guys rally around him, right? That says something, Tom, you know, and you know, what is he played? He's played in over 40 games. <laughs> you know, and like that's like the mindset too, Tom. Sometimes as a quarterback, it's like I have my job today. I must be doing something right. You know, like you can't like you can't let things get to you. You, you can't like you ignore the noise because all that matters is you know what the teammates think of you, what the coaches think of you. Like that's it. You, you can't let that stuff affect you. Otherwise, it's gonna take a toll on you. Right. It, it, you're going to be thinking about that more than thinking about, you know, the, the game plan or, 
you know, what they're doing in the red zone or what they're doing on third down, right? You, you have to continue to move forward. You have to continue to play the game, believe in yourself, believe in the teammates, know that you are the best guy for the job. It's a confidence thing. It's a belief thing, Tom. Nobody is capable of doing your job better than you, right? And I think Sean has done a really good job of that. Um, because again, I've been in both spots. I've been a starter. I've been a backup. Um, I've had people say, you know, put the backup in there. You know, I've also had people say, you know, bench this kid. <laughs> so I, I, you know, you, you, you can't, you get it. You, I, yeah, I understand. You just, you can't buy into it. It, it doesn't, it, it's noise. Um, that's all it is. And again, man, he, he's gone through a lot, the ups and downs, certainly the injuries, um, you know, and uh, you know, he's battled back through it. So, you know, and we've already talked about this, right? I mean, the kid deserves a standing ovation on Saturday. He really does. Um, you know, any anybody that gets to wear the Penn State jersey and the Penn State helmet for six years should be well respected. He's won a lot of games. He's, you know, he's thrown a lot of touchdown passes. He's thrown for a lot of yardage. Um, he's a respected member in the Penn State community. Um, you know, so so, but again, with that being said, Tommy, as you know, there are a lot of people that are going to be clapping, but the reason they're going to be clapping is because, you know, it's probably his last, it is his last game at Beaver Stadium. We'll see what uh, the bowl game brings, but yeah, this is uh, the, this conversation we've been having since the, the recruitment of Drew Aller is finally going to come just, to a close, you know, but it's going to turn. We'll see which way it does turn. The, and the thing is, Tom, Clifford has reached his ceiling. And I, I think everybody knows he, throughout this whole year, right, that he wasn't going to get better, right? It, it's, it, it is what it is, right? He's peaked in a way, and everybody knew that all year. We don't know with Alar, and that's what people want to find out. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, but we're, we're going to find out one way or the other. Um, in regards to this senior day, senior class in particular, I, I don't think people really process some of the names that are in this senior class. And it gets so confusing, Matt, now with the COVID you're involved, you've got redshirt seniors, you have super seniors, you have redshirt senior super seniors. Like it's it's all over the map to the point it's like, okay, can this guy come back? I, he won't come back, you know. Here's what it's, it's like. It's very yeah. weird. I've called called a couple of games earlier in the year. I'm calling the Rutgers Maryland game on Saturday, and like unless I a hundred percent know if the guy's a redshirt junior or a redshirt sophomore, right? I don't say anything. Yep. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? I just I'll stick with he's a third year guy or a fourth year guy. You know because you don't know with the, with the COVID year what guys at what what their status actually is. Right. Um. As far as guys, as far as guys that are listed as either a redshirt senior. Super senior or redshirt super senior. Uh, here are the names Clifford, Tinsley, Sutherland, Amore, Stoll, Catchier, Tarburton, Romano, Norzad, Scruggs, Efner, Klein, Pinnegar. I mean, you know, a couple of those guys have already said they're coming back next year. It's, it's mind boggling. So I'm not going to get into that. But that's a that's an interesting senior class. And you got a lot of guys who've contributed in significant ways. Uh, and one guy that was uh, pointed out in the press conference this past week was Jonathan Sutherland. And another guy, you know, a similar journey on the defensive side of the ball and special teams, similar to what Sean Clifford has endured. I remember years ago when Jonathan Sutherland was the the target of some heinous fan mail at one point. And we all forget about that story, how he persevered, how the coaching staff stood up behind him. 
uh, in what was something that was clearly racist. And ultimately, he pushed through, became a captain on the special teams, became a, a defensive starter, changed positions this past year. I mean, guy who's been through everything. And I know you know what senior day feels like. When you take a moment to absorb all that these seniors have done for this program up until this point, how do you feel about their body of work? Yeah, you know, real quick on Sutherland, too. He is the definition of a team player, Tom. Yes. And throughout his, throughout his career, he has done everything that that staff has asked him to do, like changing positions, you know, playing that new hybrid spot, whatever it may be. Like, that's not easy to do. So hats off to him, you know, being a, you know, a, a, a true loyal Penn State football player. Um, in terms of senior day, though, Tom, like it's emotional, you know, because you're doing your best to focus on the game. Right. But yet, you know, you run out of the tunnel with a helmet off and, you know, fans are cheering. And then it's, you know, your family is standing 30 yards down there as as you you, know, you do the walkout and the, and the uh, slow jog and. You know, you give your parents a hug, and it's it, it is really emotional because you you do think back of the uh, throughout the journey, you know, uh, to the good times, the bad times. You know, you think of the uh, the start and and how far you, you've come as a Penn State student athlete. Um, yeah, I mean, it, emotions are definitely high, Tom. Um, you know, and uh, but I mean, it's hard because you go, you get back into the locker room now. You're trying to focus on the game. I remember, we had Wisconsin, my 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 fifth and final year at Penn State, and you know, I mean, they got out to a fourteen nothing start, and it was kind of like, whoa. But let's wake pick, up. Let's let's mm-hmm. pick it up here a little bit. Let's wake up. And again, fortunately, when we won that game in overtime, and what was probably a top three coldest game that uh, that I've ever been a part of, Tom. But it. Uh, it's emotional, but it, it, it's it's a good emotion. So what I tell these seniors is to enjoy it. You know, enjoy that jog out and enjoy that moment. You know, uh, enjoy, you know, seeing your family there. You know, take a quick look around the stadium. But, you know, once you get back into that locker room, you got to be able to switch gears and you got to be able to flip the switch and, and uh, get ready to play a tough, tough Michigan State football team. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code PAYDIRT15, that's PAYDIRT15, at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. So you talked about how it's emotional. 
Uh, it was certainly emotional for Michigan State and Michigan State fans last weekend, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on. It's been described in some Spartan media circles as one of the most heartbreaking losses in the history of the program, which is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State lost on their senior day at home with a 17-point lead at halftime to Indiana in double overtime by a score of 39-31. to 31. Indiana had lost seven straight games coming into that game. You've inevitably been in the film room after big wins, close wins, big losses, close losses. When you walk out of the film room after a game that that's demoralizing, how do you pivot if you are a Michigan State player and be like, now we go to Beaver Stadium and we play a nine and two Nittany Lion team? I think as a as a player, you're thinking, well, uh, you know, uh, we're going to move on from this and we're going to win this game on the road and we're going to get six and six and get to a bowl. You know, I, I think as a coach, you're doing everything you can to prep for a tough Penn State team, but like people like like me and you now, Tom, college football analysts and podcast hosts. What I see is that Michigan State is now going to finish five and seven and not make it to a bowl game. That that's the that's what should happen, right? Penn State should. I think the spread's like eighteen or eighteen and a half or something it's like 18, that. It's a lot, which yeah. the way this Penn State defense is playing and the way they're running the football, I mean, and, you know, that's that seems fair to me. I, I don't really expect this game to be that close. I expect Penn State to dominate this game. Um, defensively too, you know, similar to what they've done over the past couple of weeks. Um, but if you're Michigan State, Indiana has ruined your plan of getting to a bowl. And now the thing at Michigan State, Tom, becomes, well, we won 11 games a year ago. I didn't expect them to win 11 games this year. I just didn't think mm-hmm. the same roster was there. And again, you had Kenneth Walker the third, who ran for north of 2,000 in yards. They tried to replace him with um, Broussard and, and Berger. Um, you know, in the transfer portal, Broussard is obviously out now. And again, Berger had a good game last week, um, but probably didn't do what was expected of him at the running back position this year for Michigan State. Elijah Collins ran it well for them last week, but hadn't really done much throughout the year um, as a running back, Tom. But you go five and seven at Michigan State, you have to think people are going to start saying, wait, how much money do we give this guy? He won 11 games a year ago. He's trying to bring guys in through the transfer portal here. We gave him over $90 million. We just went five and seven and we're not even making it to a bowl. But like, I I, I think if you're Mel Tucker, I mean, Penn State is going to get everything that Michigan State has to offer this week. Because if they go six and six time and they make it to a bowl, you can quiet that conversation about how big Mel Tucker's contract is by saying, hey, we won 11 games a year ago. I get that. You know, this year was a little bit of a down year for us, but we're still going to a solid bowl game and we're continuing to improve, you know, in 2023, right? That, that becomes a different story. And I think one of the things too that Mel Tucker, Michigan State certainly knows, James Franklin has to know it, right? I, I mean, Penn State, you know, has struggled against Michigan State over the years. James Franklin's three and five against Michigan State. I, I don't think he's beaten Michigan State at Beaver Stadium since 2016, Tom. Um, so th- this this is a tough game, um, you know, for James Franklin and Penn State. Um, you know, and again, knowing you're going to get Michigan State's best, you got to bring it from snap one. Michigan State is just 
it's odd every year. Like you cannot look at that game like many games in the Big Ten and just automatically assume it's a win. It it feels a little similar to how we felt maybe going into the Purdue game to start mm. the year. But at this point, you've seen the resume of Penn State, you've seen the resume of Michigan State. I, I feel very confident, but just mentally, it's just like eh, feeling like, OK, let's just make sure we take care of business. And everything we've seen the last three games from Penn State has been very, very encouraging. Now, granted, is it against the elite of uh, the, the Big Ten? No, we, we've seen how Penn State has done against Michigan and Ohio State, and those two will, will clash this weekend. Uh, going into this game offensively for Michigan State, Peyton Thorne, oddly statistically similar to Sean Clifford. It's almost eerie, Matt. It's almost the exact same amount in passing yards. It's exactly the same passing touchdown amount in 18, and it's almost exactly the same completion percentage at about roughly 64%. It's kind of eerie. The benefit is that Sean has fewer turnovers by a lot and is more substantial in the running game, tax on the extra five touchdowns, uh, and is obviously is a lot more experienced. Thorne is just inconsistent, but he can have those high peaks. Then you throw in Jalen Berger, who I thought a lot of him at Wisconsin, so you never know when it could be his day at, at, at tailback. And then the wide receivers are, are outstanding between Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman. Yeah, They've got some real talent there. What do you see Penn State defensively doing against this Spartan offense? Yeah, you have to be able to get pressure on on this kid. And I mean, it's easier said than done because they've only given up 14, 15 sacks on the year, Tom, if I'm remembering correctly. So this isn't a team that is, is just going to let you get to Peyton Thorne. Um, I think Manny Diaz in this front seven has to get creative. I think they need to play with a lot of pride and a lot of energy, similar to what we saw them do against Maryland a couple of weeks back. We know they're capable of that. I, look, I, I think Maryland is one of the better offensive lines in all of the Big Ten, um, and they destroyed them. That's what they have to be able to do um, this week against this Michigan State football team, right? And again, Peyton Thorne, you know, is one of these guys who finished the year really strong in 2021. You know, I, I for one was somebody who expected him to to turn the page this year in 2022 and become one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. I think he's just struggled a little bit. I, I don't think he's been able to do that this year. Um, but you mentioned Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, like these guys. These guys can go. Um, so Penn State secondary certainly needs to be prepared for that. Um, but you got to put pressure on this kid. You have to collapse that pocket. Not very mobile, um, but uh, you, you got to get to him. You got to get to him in a hurry. It's a it's an offensive line that has struggled. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, Penn State's defense, 16 players have recorded a sack. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of insane. There's no way you could have told me coming into the season that that was going to be the production from this group. Uh, hats off to Manny Diaz. Seriously, the guy gets released last year, fired from the University of Miami as the head coach. Uh, James Franklin spoke about it earlier this week. I believe the day after he was fired, they reached out. Penn State reached out and offered him a deal. And very quickly after Brent Pry was out the door to Virginia Tech and came Manny Diaz. And I know you and I talked a little bit about like, oh, how's this going to work out? You know, he's a defensive minded guy, very similar dude to Brent Pry, but those were big shoes to fill. Now we're sitting here in a position I know I personally feel like I hope they can resign the guy because I imagine <laughs> there's a lot of programs around the country who are going to want him either for a D.C. job or for a head coaching job. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
you know, which uh, which is going to be interesting to see how it plays out after this week. You know, I haven't seen much talk about that, Tom. I, I'm not I'm not sure if you have yet. He's definitely a but, name that's out there. Yeah, you know, everybody everybody's focused on where's Lane Kiffin going. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you have to think there there are some schools that would love to have Manny Diaz um, as their head coach. And again, I I point to. The, the reason why, which is how fast he's been able to implement his system at Penn State, have success with it, but also build the depth that he's built and have guys contribute. Like there, there's no lack of production when when he rotates the defensive line or or his secondary. It's really impressive. Uh, so I mean, again, I hope they can keep him. Um, you know, but but I'm I'm sure after this week. Tom will 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 know more if if he's a real head coach candidate or will he be back at Penn State in 2023. Yeah, I'd love to have him back. And again, yeah. you and I've talked about it till we've been blue in the no, face. No, they need him. The, they need him. Yeah, they do. And 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 the contract extension again that James Franklin got part of that. You know, you and I have covered it a lot. Was James Franklin wanted more money for his assistant coaches, his coordinators, etc. And it is a very deep coaching staff that he's got. I think just having Ken Wisenhunt and Terry Smith there as advisors and helpful uh, you know assistant coaches is amazing mm-hmm. and then you've got Yursich and Manny Diaz doing an excellent job and the, and the list goes on and on in terms of the position coaches this is a good staff and you hope they could keep somebody like a Diaz like a Yursich but time will tell I know um, yeah and I know like you know you mentioned more money for his assistants and I don't know what he's making now but what head coaches in college football are making now I feel like if somebody throws a, that type of contract that Manny Diaz <laughs> Yeah, 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 you can't say no. <laughs> that stuff comes up. Um, in regards to so flipping things, uh, Penn State's offense against Michigan State's defense. This is a front seven that has some ability. Uh, linebacker Cal Halliday is all over the field. Defensive tackle Jacob Slade, they are absolutely going to miss. Um, they have an excellent edge rusher in Jacoby Winman. Uh, when you look at what Penn State is doing well recently, is it just the same formula you've seen the last handful of weeks and just – run the ball, and keep the attempts down for Sean Clifford. Yeah, look, I, I challenge Penn State to be balanced this week. Right, they were this, perfectly balanced, perfectly balanced last week this in the is, stat sheet. It was th- wonderful. This is, what I, this is what I challenge them to do again, be balanced, right? This is a team that has struggled against the pass. They've struggled against the run, right? They've, they, they haven't been that healthy this year either, Tom, right? You know, you look at last week, uh, 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 Barrow and Dunn, both got both got injured against Indiana, but they came back into the game. Um, it, it, you know, Snow um, was lost for the season with a leg injury in the opener uh, against Western Michigan. Petrowski, Bogle, they've been injured since since September. You know, and then and then on top of that, you had eight guys that you know missed three straight games because of the suspension and that altercation. Um, you know, at uh, Michigan, at Michigan. So I, I mean, you've got you just have you know, different guys in there now for Michigan State. Not saying they're not good players, not saying that they can't get the job done, but it's just, you have to imagine they're having having some difficulties finding that comfort zone defensively with all the moving parts that they had and the injuries that they've, they've had to deal with at Michigan State. So like, you know, I've said this since the Maryland game, um, said it last week in the Rutgers game, and, and it holds true for this Michigan State game. It's, it's held true for these last three games. If they just do what they're supposed to do offensively, run the football, Sean Clifford finds completions, they don't turn it over, This they lean on this defense, right? 
you should have no problem winning this football game big. And it's it's not a good secondary who we who we talked mm-hmm. about a little bit earlier on. This is a secondary that granted they didn't get gashed against Indiana. They gave up two completions <laughs> against mm-hmm. Indiana, but still throughout the season they've not been very good. So the opportunities are going to be there in the passing game again. The aforementioned pa- uh, Parker Washington is going to be missed, but I sincerely hope they continue to stick with Allen. And Singleton, I know Singleton didn't have exactly the game rushing the ball that he would have liked against Rutgers. Obviously, the huge kickoff return for a touchdown was great. And it's just been riding which guy is hot, Katron Allen or Nick Singleton. And the two of them have almost identical numbers in terms of rushing attempts. It has really been one-to-one with the two of them. And it's just who's catching fire. And if they continue to be balanced, like you said, it was, I think, 37 to 37 in terms of pass attempts to rushing attempts. And Penn State, if they can do that against Michigan State, that is the weakness of this defense is running the ball. And it's an offensive line for Penn State that's been banged up. You got a freshman starting at offensive tackle. So you, you're you're concerned about being able to hold up in pass protection, maybe in certain instances against Michigan State. Maybe not as much as you were against Rutgers. Rutgers, to their credit, can, can get after the quarterback. But I don't know. This there's all the things that feel good about this map, but as like just a jaded Penn State fan, you're like, I can't get too comfortable. I don't know. It's weird. You can't. You can't because it's one of those games, Tom, that like it sneaks up on you. You're right. It's senior day. It's the last game of the year. You know, uh, yeah, it, it, it has all the makings of a slow start. Where if you let that happen, you said it, there is talent on this. And team. that's happened a couple times the last few and weeks. You just you can't you can't let that happen. Right. You need you need to come out fast. You know, I, I think Yurisich needs to call staples early, right? What well, what are the staples of this offense and what you know has worked for 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 this Penn State offense over the past few weeks? Stick with that. I think it's a basic game plan. And if you execute the basics on Saturday, you should have no problem moving the football and scoring points. As we are about to wrap up the regular season of twenty twenty two. And you reflect on now what has been a nine and two season, hopefully a ten and two season after this, and we'll see what you know winds up shaking out in regards to the bowl bowl games. Do you think Penn State football is in a good place? Great question. Um, I I really do believe that they are in a good place. Um, but with that being said, Tom, it's where is Michigan and where is Ohio State in comparison to where Penn State is? And where are they going and how does Penn State get there? Right? I I, I, I again like 10 and 2 is a tremendous year. But you lost to Ohio State and you lost to Michigan. Right? And and what again, we said this. They're just as talented as Ohio State. Ohio State Penn State more talented than Michigan. But what concerns me is the way that they got beat by Michigan. Um, you know, what concerns me is the way that, you know, they lost to Ohio State and where it's like they had the game, but they couldn't find a way to win it. Right? Th- those those are things that I think are 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 harder to fix than than most things when it comes to football. Um, so do I think they're in a good place? Yes. Um, do I think they have some catching up to do, though? Yeah, absolutely. 
this uh, could be the conclusion of a very surprising season. You and I thought coming into this year as bad as six and six, as good as maybe eight and four, 10 and two, Penn State fans should be happy with this. I'm not saying content or satisfied. I'm saying happy considering, again, I've beaten this to death. 500 between 2020 and 2021. That's unacceptable. 10 and two, it's better. It's absolutely what Penn State fans should expect. And it's absolutely a step in the right direction. If you can then go into a major bowl game and knock off someone, the caliber of the teams that have been projected. You mentioned Alabama. Old Miss has been thrown out mm-hmm. there. Hell, you could see Tennessee in the mix. Who knows? This could be the conclusion of a season that could have gone awry at any given point, but has not. And Penn State seems to be on to something very positive for the future. So uh, I hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving. Uh, Matt is going to be on the broadcast for Rutgers versus Maryland this Saturday on the Big Ten Network. For anybody that is just a junkie for Maryland and Rutgers football, check that out. Matt's going to be on the call. Uh, And we hope you'll join us for the recap episode. Penn State kicks off against Michigan State for Senior Day this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College this Friday, November 18th at a special start time of 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern. We will return to our normal schedule on Monday, November 21st. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.